Hello and welcome to I Am Geek, the show for the geek and all of us. I am Ryan Street. I'm here with my brother Chris Street, but Chris Catron cannot be with us tonight because we're having some Wi-Fi issues. But we do have a very, very special guest tonight. The man, the myth, the legend, and our father, Gary Street. Say hello. Hello, fans. I'm glad to be here at the Texas State Theater in front of a crowd of thousands. It's it's very impressive to, to know that my two sons have have risen to this stage of life. And, and thank you all for listening at home. Uh, we do appreciate it. And uh, uh, just keep them cards and letters coming in, please. Well, that's all the time we have for tonight. <laughs> oh, and, and we are... I just, I just like to say uh, condolences to the uh, Chris Catron family. We're sorry that. Uh, oh wait a minute! You just said no, he couldn't be on no, here. I thought I'm sorry. I got, I got lost yeah. there. He, no, uh, good. Chris is well and good. And uh, Chris, we, we hope to see you again sometime. But go ahead. Um, there go. I'm, I'm just, I'm just still reeling on the fact he was surprised we made it to this level, and like he didn't really have much thought for how. We were gonna get. We just very no. low expectations for us. I, I think he's getting, I think you're he's getting a little delusional because well, but we're in a small room with surrounded by Lord of the Rings and Star Wars action. I think like everybody should have figures. a dream, and that's where I am in my dream right now. <laughs> Whew, this is gonna be a fun one. <laughs> gotta so, think large, boys. Gotta think larger in Texas. <laughs> All right, so you may be wondering why. What are we doing tonight? Well, uh, he's not only our father and not only a great um, storyteller. We'll say that. Yeah. <laughs> Tall tales of, of Gary Street. But he's an author and his, he has two books out and he's working on a third book. First book is called Beyond the Majestic, uh, which we'll get into that. The second book is called Guarding Buffalo. And the third book is going to be called Cloudland, and that's going to be a murder mystery. We're still workshopping the title. Yeah, I don't know. We'll go. We'll, we'll go with it for now, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> nah, it's good time. <laughs> <laughs> so um, maybe we can start with you telling us why. What what got you started in writing? Why did you start mm-hmm. to do it? What happened? Well, in first grade. No, I guess that's a little too far. But let me let me say this before I start. Anything I tell you is the truth as far as you know. So from you can take it from that. But no, I've always wanted to write a book. And, you know, I worked all my life. I had two boys to, to help raise. And uh, uh, my mother uh, lived with us for many years. And when I retired, I just thought, okay, I, want, I have some bucket list things to do. And I didn't know which one to start on first, so I thought, I've always wanted to write a book. So I just wrote one. And you know what? It turned out to be something I enjoyed doing. And uh, after 48 years traveling on the road as an outside salesman and doing stuff like that, I decided that uh, this is just a lot of fun. And uh, so after I wrote the first one and got some positive uh, feedback about it, I had an idea and I wrote the second one which became even uh, a more enjoyable experience. And after that, I thought, well, somebody asked me, how many books are you gonna write? And I said, well, you'll know when I run out of ideas, I'll quit. So that's kind of how I got started, just just, uh, just the idea that, that came to my mind. And, I, and I've always said that everybody has at least one story they can write. 
So, uh, give it a shot. There you go. <laughs> well, the, the books are, the two that you have now and the one you're writing are very different, you'd say, right? Oh, yeah. They're, they're at the opposite ends of uh, some spectrum, I'm sure. The first one, uh, Beyond the Majestic, takes place in 1963, which was a good year. Uh, if you didn't get the experience, you certainly need to read about it because it is a classic year. A lot of history, historical things happen, and uh, it. Uh, the second one takes place uh, in uh, 1971 and 1864. Uh, so that's uh, that's a different type of story, and and I won't jump into this until you're ready. But you can uh, we can you can tell me when uh, when you'd like to know a little bit more about them. But uh, so that they have uh, they each have a different point to make. Oh, oh, here, go ahead. Oh, sorry. <laughs> and, uh, and all three there. Um, they, because growing up in Tennessee and then the area that you're at, they're all really connected to a lot of that that's surrounding you. They're they're regional type books, but I think it's something that a lot of people would enjoy as far mm-hmm. as uh, because uh, regardless of where you grew up, you're gonna you're gonna find similarities, especially in the first one, Beyond the Majestic of of an age gone by, so to speak. And uh, so, but they, they do take place in actual uh, regional locations. It's kind of a, uh, it's fiction, but there's there's some historical values that, that I've uh, intertwined in it and uh, to kind of put it, give it context and hopefully make it a little more enjoyable or interesting. Well, let's start with Beyond the Majestic. Now, this one, you took a lot of stuff from your life and not exactly used it, but used it, sort of based it on stuff that happened to you, right? Yeah, you know, I've led probably what I thought would be a, a, a less than interesting life in many ways, but you know <laughs> what? When you think about the people that you grow up with and you grow up around and, and people that you're related to and people that you may be related to, you're just not sure of, uh, you find out <laughs> There's some interesting things that uh, that happen, and also you can find out that other people can relate because there's there's some of these things. But yeah, it's it's a story about a boy. It's 12 years old. He's growing up in a little uh, county farm in East Tennessee in 1963. Uh, he feels like uh, pretty much his life is is going nowhere, as you know any 12 year old pretty much feels. Now in today's society. Uh, I guess 12-year-olds probably feel like that they've already, uh, they're just disappointed they haven't made their first million dollars yet. I don't know. But, but, you know, in 1963, uh, this little boy, this character just did not have any hope of ever getting to see the world, have adventures. He just never thought his time to grow up was going to happen. And then a magical year happened, 1963, and, and things started happening in his life, and and it changed the way he thought about it. Uh, the, the title, Beyond the Majestic, uh, refers to an old theater that was in downtown Johnson City, Tennessee, the Majestic. Neat old theater. Uh, it was a shame it got torn down several years ago. Uh, one of those things that, uh, you know, government decides to do, but then in hindsight they wish they hadn't, but, but they did. Uh, but uh, he would go to the Majestic, this character would go to the Majestic, he would uh, watch the movies, he'd travel the world, he'd have adventures, he could kind of get away from his just mundane life. And so in the year 1963, 
he does find some things that starts moving him beyond the majestic uh, in his life, and he starts doing some growing up. It's kind of coming of age, and yeah, there are some instances in this book that that uh, probably come out of some of my own, and uh, but you know what? They're the, they're the best experiences to share, uh, and uh, and I really enjoyed doing that, uh, putting them in a context. Uh, uh, sometimes I would take just one person that might have had a tiny, tiny bit of something to do in my life and maybe write a whole chapter, uh, uh, just making stuff up. Uh, used to, I'd get a lot of trouble making stuff up, but I found as a writer, you can do that, and people, people kind of enjoy it. So uh, uh, I should have done this many years ago. <laughs> He might have kept me out of some trouble. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> but uh, the the book takes place uh, in and around Johnson City, Tennessee, but also in Cleveland, Ohio, and that comes out of some uh, trips that I made to Cleveland back in the day when uh, I was a youngster and had a lot of family that lived up there, and uh, so there's a little taste of Cleveland, Ohio, in 1963, also, and it's a year that John F. Kennedy was assassinated. It was a year that. Uh, the civil rights movement began moving forward and getting uh, getting uh, more traction. Uh, just just a lot of things, and I try to uh, bring those things in as well as a lot of the music of the day. And uh, so I, I I just found it fun to write and got on a roll. And before I knew it, I'd written a book. <laughs> it's a good read. I'd recommend it. Um, just uh, all anecdotes and everything, because I mean some of the stories. Yeah, like you said. Um, came from your life and I've heard some of them before and and yeah they're, they're put down really well and then little things like um, like like snow cream um, just uh, making snow cream from like freshly fallen snow uh, a little bit in that I think it was a little bit in a chapter our mamma would make all the time snow cream's when you make ice cream out of snow basically. yeah <laughs> if you don't know if you don't know if you don't know and it's delicious um, I can't have any more, but it's delicious. <laughs> most people can't have any more because most of the snow that falls, you don't want to. Yeah, you probably don't want any more. The worst <laughs> thing, we, the biggest thing we had to worry about was yellow snow. But uh, <laughs> today, I think we've got more problems than that. Yeah. A lot of times with the yeah. snow. But yeah, just the, the connections to the theaters, uh, like the majestic and the movies that the the kid will watch and everything is is, is really nice. Uh, growing me growing up as well, just being into movies and everything is a. It's a nice connection to that, and, and I, th- I think you like everybody would really enjoy that part of it, especially. I think it's really cool. <laughs> Thank you, son. <laughs> <laughs> no bias, no bias in what I'm saying. But, uh, so he starts when he's 12. Is it how far into the, his life does it go? Well, actually, this particular book, uh, I kind of fell into a pattern. I started January, well, actually, December 31st, uh, New Year's Eve of 1962. And the book follows basically throughout that year. It takes place, uh, it ends basically at, uh, in December of 1963. So it's just a year in the life, so to speak. It actually uh, just follows, uh, not necessarily month to month, but uh, some events that just take him through the winter into the spring, summer, fall, and then kind of concludes uh, uh, in December, right before Christmas, and uh, uh, quite a different uh, outlook on life and, and things of life that uh, that the character 
learns just through this uh, really 12-month period of his life. Very cool. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that leads us sort of to the next book, which is a whole different kind of book. <laughs> um, Guarding Buffalo, which, you know, you can explain it, but it's sort of time travel, sort of Huh? You can probably explain it better yeah. than us. Let's uh, go ahead. No, no, yeah, no, because I haven't got to read this one yet. Um, but I mean, it's it is a uh, yeah. The the premise is really kind of fun and kind of out there, and but also kind of like a like a small type story too with the 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 kids <laughs> and stuff. So I mean, but it's. It's a bigger tale, so you can explain. I guess we should explain what Buffalo is first. Buffalo, in, the town we grew up in, Johnson City, Tennessee, is a, a mountain uh, in the town <laughs> um, called Buffalo. And there's no actual Buffalo. No, no, no actual Buffalo was hurt, killed, or written about. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe, you could, well, since you're the author, you could give us the best take on it. So give us a little take on what what is it about? Is it time travel? Is it... Um, something else going on? Is it? <laughs> well, it's a mystery in a sense. <laughs> uh, it, uh, the part of the mystery is how in the world did I come up with an idea like this? Maybe I don't know. It is a uh, it is a, a story that uh, is is not easily explained in a few words. But the more you talk about it, uh, maybe the more far fetched it seems. I think that the best way to understand it is to read it. That's a good plug. Uh, <laughs> now, nah, uh, Buffalo, I've lived around Buffalo Mountain, inside of Buffalo Mountain, literally all my life. And uh, in fact, I had a first cousin one time ask me, which I thought was an extremely odd question, uh, because I wasn't that old, but uh, she asked me, she says, where do you plan on being buried? Well, I, I was hoping she didn't mean anytime soon, uh, but I wasn't sure. So I thought about that for a few seconds, and she was actually expecting an answer. Uh, so I said, well, I've lived in the shadow of Buffalo Mountain pretty much all my life. I should probably be buried somewhere where my grave, uh, the people who would visit me, uh, you know, like that might not happen actually, but you know, if they happen to be walking by and say, oh, there's Gary Street's grave, they could look up and see Buffalo Mountain. I just thought that would seem appropriate. But one day, as I was just kind of, uh, kind, we live in a beautiful, beautiful area in East Tennessee. And I mean, we've got mountains and it's just, there's scenery everywhere you look. And uh, one day I was just kind of looking at Buffalo and just a germ of an idea came to my head about two boys that met on Buffalo Mountain and then found out that they really were not living in the same time period. It, uh, it the story takes place it's told by the one boy that that uh, lived in 1971 he was 17 years old and it's told to his two grandchildren if you can imagine this because it was a secret that he kept all his life about what happened during this week in 1971 and he 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 felt uh, he felt compelled to tell them to share his experience that he'd been keeping to himself all all his life. And so he goes into this story and he talks to them about this young man that he met on Buffalo Mountain one spring day. He, and, and he 
find that as he gets to know him, as they, they meet under really unusual circumstances, by the way. And uh, so finally, they get to talking. And as they do, the one boy realizes that the other one actually lived in 1864, which is kind of an odd thing. You don't run across that too often, uh, at least if you're sober. But the thing is that uh, the boy is, is a spirit. Uh, it's not really a book about uh, ghosts and spirits per se. It's not about reincarnation. It's more about the fact that no matter when you live and when, you, and when someone else has lived, there are things that, that, that happen to all of us, hard choices we have to make, Things we have to face, the 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 results of, of some of our decisions. We all have these things. The context of the time changes, but the one boy in '71 he's looking at Vietnam. The boy in 1864 was looking at the Civil War, or as we in the South say, the uh, the the fight for of Northern aggression. I think is some some uh, phrase that's that's used a lot. But um, I just lost both my sons, by the way. And, uh, hopefully they'll be back before this is over. But anyway. Actually, I think that part of Tennessee was Union. That part, and that, that's another interesting aspect of the story because uh, in East Tennessee, there was uh, probably more people that were Unionists, that supported the Union, stayed loyal to the Union, as there were people who... who uh, fought or supported the Confederacy. Uh, and to most of the people in that region, it was not, uh, it was not a battle over, over slavery. They knew that that was part of it, but uh, it was more of a, a, a fight that, that came to them they didn't ask for. There wasn't a lot of slavery. Uh, uh, unfortunately, there was some, but uh, uh, there was uh, this aspect that the, those who felt strongly to the Union mostly felt so because they felt that they were being loyal to their country. The people in the South who supported the South in that area, most, nobody, like I said, they hardly had slaves, but they felt like that they were being loyal to the South and they didn't want the North to come down and basically run their lives. And so it was, like all wars, there was a lot of, uh, there was some good things that came out of it, but there was a lot of uh, needless pain, I think, that, that, that it, it brought to a lot of people that were, were innocent on both sides. But anyway, it, it takes place uh, with this, this one boy, uh, and he's trying to figure out what happened, why he came back, and he's trying to figure out what happened to him that, that caused him to kind of just disappear for all this period of time. And he and as they, as he sees the changes that happened, uh, it's confusing, but he's pretty accepting of it. And uh, I think I use the phrase, there's a continuity in humanity. And it's basically that, that we all still have to face up to certain things, make hard choices in our life. And that was kind of what got me started. And there is some backstory from the boy in 1864 of his family because there's some bad guys, you always gotta have bad guys, right? Oh yeah. Uh, so there's some bad guys and they're trying to do some bad things in his community. They're trying to take over farms. They're trying to take advantage of people using the war as an excuse. 
And so there's a there's a neat backstory about this that I think a lot of people will enjoy, uh, and how that comes to be reconciled. And at the end of of when this boy finally goes to to his place in the forever, uh, the one boy left on the mountain is is changed, and and he's he started understanding how to clearly make decisions and just expect ex, accept what's going what what, the, what those choices mean to him and uh so you know and then the the story like i say it goes back to the the man who now the boy who is now a grandfather and he's telling his children his grandchildren this because they're getting ready they're at the same age that he was and they're just graduated from high school, and they're just now trying to make decisions in their life. And he's hoping this whole experience will will help them. And he's also hoping, of course, that they won't put him in a in a loony bin somewhere that uh, because he's, <laughs> they think he think he's hallucinating or something. So I don't know if that explanation makes a lot of sense to you, but really, it's something I think we can all relate to. So these two are these two books are now you can find them on Amazon. Yeah, get them for your Kindle. For the Kindle. And or you can get paperback versions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we have the paperback versions here, uh, as you can see. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're really nicely done, and both covers were uh, actually drawn by our mother. And she's done a great job with them. Uh, and then uh, then I, I took them and did a little, did a little Photoshop from, from the scan just to bump it up, and uh, they're... They're pretty nicely on the books, and they show up on the Kindle really nicely. Um, and 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 his picture is on the back of both of them. Yeah, I don't I don't get my pictures made often because I, that's one reason I started taking pictures. Uh, <laughs> I'm not a great photographer, but if you if you're controlling the camera, people ain't gonna take much of a picture of you, are they? <laughs> Except now with their telephones, you can't escape mm-hmm. it. But anyway, they're not bad pictures of me. Uh, so uh, very handsome. Yeah, yeah. I mean. I, <laughs> they're the on the back, is, though, so you don't. They're on the back. On the so back. They won't scare anybody. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so well, here's the thing: is they, uh, as far as you know, they're me, and uh, and you, and you can't base a book off its cover anyway. Ah, so. very good. <laughs> Especially its back cover. Yeah. So so don't worry. I mean, you you might turn it over and might be shocked for a second or two, but you'll get used to it and then open it up and it'll be great. Yeah, there's, there's all kinds of words inside. No pictures inside, but uh, the cover, like Chris said, was nice. My lovely wife did a great job on it, and appreciate Chris, Chris doing the enhancing of it. But, uh, yeah, it's all words inside. Uh, when I wrote my first one, a fellow asked, told me, he said, I didn't know you knew so many words. And I said, well, I'll tell you a secret. I used a lot of them more than one time. So, anyway, uh, that seemed to satisfy him. And uh, another uh, lady uh, had both these books at, at my house and uh, came over for a visit and I picked them up and held them up to her and she looked at them and took one in each hand and she said, well, you really did write a book. <laughs> because before they had just been on a, as an electronic ebook, but uh, I guess you have to have something on paper for it to be real. So, mm-hmm. uh so these are real now. They're yeah. official. So you can buy the book and get it on Kindle on Amazon. If you want a signed copy, just message me later on I'm Geek Show uh, on Twitter, and we will we will give you his address, and you can show up at his house. 
You just go on yeah. inside. Any time of day. Any time of day, any time yeah. of night. Uh, go knock on the door. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's okay. Yeah. Now, knock on the door, and if nobody comes, ring the doorbell. And if nobody comes then, I've got a sign that says that at that point you can just pull weeds. I'll send you a key, too. <laughs> you can get in. You can buy a key mm-hmm. off of me. Uh, yeah. Well, the third one, you're still writing the third one. Still writing the third one. Cloudland and or another title that uh, <laughs> we're kidding with them. Yeah. The uh, Cloudland <laughs> is an, uh, another regional type story because uh, in Carter County, which uh, adjoins Washington County, which is where Johnson City is, uh, you have a beautiful, beautiful mountain called Roan Mountain, R-O-A-N. And there are several stories about how Roan Mountain was named. It's a very unique place uh, for ages. There has been people from all over the world actually come and and uh, seek out the different uh, flora uh, that are there. Uh, it's just such a unique place. There's a ridge line that has three very distinctive what they call balls, which uh, there's there's no hardly any. There's grasses and and maybe low shrubs and things, but. There's no trees or anything on in that stretch, and uh, the the view from anywhere on the Rhone is fantastic. These two boys can can certainly agree with that or, or support that thought. And mm-hmm. one of the biggest things, the draws to Rhone Mountain is there. It is filled, literally filled, with rhododendron bushes. Uh, the rhododendrons turn turn in June, around Father's Day, around this time right now, a bright reddish pink. And there's just hundreds of acres of this. Uh, and it is an absolutely gorgeous place. You can go up and have a picnic. Uh, there's hiking trails. Uh, it's just been, it's just one of God's great creations as far as I'm concerned. But back in the 1880s, 1890s, into the very early 1900s, uh, a fellow by the name of General Wilder, who was a Civil War general, uh, got a, he was became acquainted with the area, and he was an entrepreneur. He did got into all kinds of different types of things and was a pretty successful man. He had a little hunting lodge up on Rome Mountain and decided because the air was so clean and cool and uh, it just anybody who had any kind of asthma, allergy problems, it was just perfect. They'd go up there and they could breathe again. Uh, and so he built a three-story hotel up there and it was more like a not just a hotel but like a spa people came from 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 Europe actually to breathe the air to to walk through the rhododendron gardens uh, the only problem was this is in the 1880s 1890s and there wasn't the you know power lines you know uh, water lines and such you know it, it was uh kind of self-sufficient, but the biggest thing about why it had such a short season of being open, because it gets really, really cold up there most of the year, <laughs> so it was just open a few months during the summer, and eventually that, that cost it uh, its ability to stay viable, but I thought, I got to thinking about top of a mountain, an old hotel, uh, the uh, thick rhododendron gardens all over the place, and then the clouds. The clouds come in and just sit down on top of that mountain at times, and you can't see your hand in front of your face, literally. It becomes so thick. 
uh, when it does that. And uh, I got to thinking about all that, and I thought, murder mystery. It's got to be a great <laughs> sense, you know, setting for a murder mystery. And so I'm about 25 chapters into it. We've uh, we've lost a few people along the way in the story, and it hasn't been pretty. As you should. But uh, <laughs> but you know what? It's it's really almost writing itself in places. Uh, again, I pull in some some history, and uh, it's uh, it's neat to take an old historical place like that 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 people should know about, and to give them an opportunity to uh, to read a story. Uh, that that brings in the the real live place and, and and plus gives them hopefully an entertaining story. Everybody I've told that I'm saying, hey, I'm going to write them, I'm writing a murder mystery, and their eyes get kind of glassy, and their mouth opens, and they say, oh, I love murder mysteries. <laughs> so it makes me kind of wondering about a lot of people because uh, they really get into murder mysteries, and uh, maybe. Uh, Maybe I found a niche to really jump into here because I'll be honest with you, just between me and you, I kind of like to write some of those murder scenes. <laughs> Don't tell anybody that, especially yeah. my wife. She gets concerned sometimes. <laughs> Not worried at all about that. Um, I am one of the people that love murder mysteries, and I'm your offspring, so I'm not sure what that says about me as well. But uh, <laughs> I've got to put my guard up in this room. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I mean, I, I'm I'm sure I got part of my love of reading from you, and we always loved the Lincoln Child and Douglas Preston books. Yeah, uh, great writers. Um, if uh, the the Relic is is a great book, um, don't go watch the movie necessarily. No, but the, no. <laughs> but the, but the spare, book is, spare your eyes. Yeah, the book is really good though, and they're good writers, and they always do good murder mysteries. So I'm really looking forward to this one because I, I know you've 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 kind of taken in a lot of good murder mysteries, and and you can tell a good story. So I think it's going to make a good combination, uh, to be a good book. So I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> well, it's going pretty good so far, and I've actually scared myself a couple of times. So uh, <laughs> We're scared of you sometimes, too. <laughs> <laughs> so the real question is, the, did the butler do it? You know what? <laughs> <laughs> the butler was the first one to go. I got rid of oh. that sucker. I just didn't want him around. I didn't trust him. No, nah, there's no butler in it. But there's oh, a lot yeah. of other folks in it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't read much, so um, I'm a movie guy. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan's illiterate. I don't read good. <laughs> <laughs> but one of my favorite movies is Clue. Clue is really fun. Yeah, so that's a good one. So make it like Clue and you'll be good. Yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. So I found one thing. There's When you tell people you're writing a murder mystery, all of a sudden you get a lot of help of people saying, well, you need to put this in there or do this or make me a character. Uh <laughs> I don't think I want to be a character, though. <laughs> so if you subscribe to um, uh, our podcast, give us likes, feedback, comments, get on our Twitter. Uh, we'll make sure you're a character in the book, and we'll kill you off in a special <laughs> way. Uh, yeah, not that we've checked with our father for yeah. this, but don't I'm worry, sure, don't yeah. worry. You'll be in there. You'll be under a different name for legal reasons, and <laughs> you'll. You'll just know it's you. Yeah, you'll just know it's you. Because, yeah, you'll, 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 you'll catch that hint of some characterization of you. You'll be like, oh, that's me. Yeah. They have a face. You have a face. Yeah. I mean, it's just... They're alive at one point. You are alive at one point. Yeah. The <laughs> next novel may be Murder in the Podcast Room. I don't know. <laughs> oh, there you go. Uh, so, 
So that's those are the books, and you said you know in a lot of the books you've based um, some of it on your stories, and uh, you have many stories. I tell people all the time that there is um, that you should be dead <laughs> after a lot of the stories that's, that I've heard, that's a, that's but a somehow a miracle you have survived them all. Um, on the podcast one time now, you, you say I told the story wrong, which, you know, I just took the, <laughs> uh, the, it's uh, a certain version the, the, of the liberty story. of, you know, making you into a legend where we told the dynamite story, um, <laughs> of the exploding cistern, um, you, right, cistern, 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 yeah, cistern. cistern are, are basically some females that are, yeah. uh, well, we won't get into that. Okay. <laughs> it's basically a big tank. Uh, <laughs> Big poo tank. Yeah, big poo tank. <laughs> um, you fa- you've, a- you've about fallen off a ski lift, or you did fall. I did fall. You, I know, yeah, actually, I jumped. Yeah, I jumped, jumped off a jumped. ski lift. Uh, I didn't have a lot of choice. Yeah. I didn't think at the time, but uh, <laughs> it worked out okay. I think you were on a runaway golf cart at one yeah. point. And yeah, that was fun. Yeah. Uh, after I got off, it was a lot of fun, yeah. but yeah. I can yeah. I can relate that. You fell out of an ambulance, right? Uh, almost. almost, I was I was almost. halfway out on a strap to a gurney going downhill, and uh, <laughs> I was grabbed from the jaws of death, literally by a friend of mine. <laughs> and you wrestled a bear. Yes. Yes, I sort of did wrestle <laughs> my a bear. And, favorite story. <laughs> uh, so I thought we could end. You know, we were going to make this very long uh, tonight, and thought we could end on the the story. Of when you wrestled a bear. Yeah, we don't want to talk about the time you're stuck on top of the garage door and we didn't come to help you. We'll skip over that one. <laughs> <laughs> I just like to say that my wheel changes almost <laughs> weekly. But anyway, that's another story. Uh, the bear story was always pretty good. Uh, I always knew when the boys had... had uh, when they were boys, of course, they're young. They're men now. They're young men now. Oh. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I could always tell when they had told that story to their friends because they'd have. We had a lot of their friends to our house and tried to make it uh, accommodating to all of them. And you could tell they'd come in and say, uh, "Hey, hey, duh. hey, what's up? Hey, man, you know, you good? Okay, cool." Uh, <laughs> that sounds just like our friends. Yeah, okay. I think that, that pretty much covered all Spot of them. Spot on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then after the story was told, I would they would come in. Hello, Mister Street. How are you today? I'm so glad that you you're letting us come into your home today. Uh, they did get a little more polite, or I think uh, I embellish a bit there. But uh, uh, anyway, but here's the here's the story. Uh, uh, I was in college uh, dating a young lady, uh, and uh, her and uh, about. Three other couples uh, went to another mountaintop and uh, nearby, just over North Carolina. Uh, it's called Grandfather Mountain. It actually is a very large, beautiful mountain. That's uh, oh, it's uh, I don't know, five six thousand feet or more in uh, elevation, probably more than that. I don't know, but uh, there's a swinging bridge there. There's a lot of trails, scary. <laughs> and uh, it's called Grandfather because there's a huge profile which looks like an old man. On, as you look at the, the profile of the mountain. But anyway, we were, we were going up this trail, and the three couples were in front of us. And it was just a small, windy trail back up through the woods going up the mountain. And uh, all of a sudden, everybody stopped in front of us. And we couldn't really see the trail that, that far up in front of us from where we were standing. 
and I said something about what's going on. And the first couple came running past us. <laughs> and as I was watching them, the second couple came running past us. And I heard the word bear. And so that left two couples there. And sure enough, there was a pretty doggone large black bear right there in the middle of the trail walking toward us. Now, we've always been told and taught to not try to outrun a bear unless you've got somebody a lot slower than you along with you. <laughs> well, I guess they figured we were slower because they left us. Well, the bear, we just kind of froze and backed off on either side of the trail. Well, the bear walked up to the first couple and started sniffing around and got a little too close to the girl. And she screamed, grabbed the boy she was with, and they went running past us. Now, all this time... The uh, lovely young lady that I was with was staring at the bear, and the only thing she could say was, bear. <laughs> and her eyes were kind of large and open, but no part of her body was moving at all. So we, I kind of pushed her back off the trail a little further, hoping the bear would just kind of walk on by. Like I really believed that was going to happen, but you know, what, what are you going to do in a circumstance like that? There was nobody left there that was slower than me that, that I could leave for the bear. So, <laughs> uh, so anyway, I pushed the girl, kind of edged her back around behind this large tree and sort of followed her and was hoping the bear would maybe just, you know, have amnesia or, or you know, find some other, something else of interest and just walk away. Well, I heard this kind of sniffing sound, and around the tree came the bear. And he walked right up to me, uh, and uh, or she walked up to me. We actually found out later it was a female bear. But the uh, she walked right up to me and uh, looked me in the eye, and I looked her in the eye, and her head kind of went down towards my leg and the first thing I knew before I knew it she had taken her one paw reached around my leg and pulled it right up against her well I'm just out of reflex as much as anything <laughs> I mean you know I've never had a lot of experience in this type of thing but I reached down and grabbed the bear by both shoulders basically you'd be surprised how coarse a bear's hair is I but anyway <laughs> that that's beside the point but I just grabbed me a big handful of hair in both hands and just shoved as hard as I could. Well, the bear actually rolled back on its hind legs and looked up at me as if to say, well, what was that for? <laughs> and I stood there waiting, and the bear went back down on all fours, and then it came right up to me and grabbed me harder and pulled me right up into it. And just as I was reaching for it again... Out of literally nowhere comes a park ranger. And he had picked up this big old thick dead limb. And he had the, the limb held high over his head. And he came straight down right on top of the bear's head. And when he did, the bear got off all fours and actually stood up on its two hind legs and let out this unbelievable <laughs> roar that made me understand what death was. <laughs> and it, I knew that, you know, this was basically it. And uh, I was uh, 
going to die on that mountain. <laughs> now, the girl that was with me, uh, she just kept standing behind the tree, maybe said bear a few more times, but she was just paralyzed. And I could appreciate that. Well, anyway, the bear stood up, shook its head, came down back on all fours, looked, looked around, I guess to see if it was in any imminent danger, which the ranger was standing there with a look on his face like, what did I just do? (laughs) (laughs) Shook its head again, looked up at me as if to say, well, I'm not going to play with you people, and walked off down the trail, leaving us all standing there feeling really scared to death and silly. And the ranger finally said, you know, it's a wild animal. I've been following it around here. It keeps looking for people. People try to feed it. And uh, it was probably just trying to find food. And I looked down, and between my knee and my ankle, the side of my jeans was just covered in bear slobber. Now, I don't remember the bear actually biting down on my leg, and it could have just been drooling all over me. (laughs) But it's disgusting stuff, let me tell you. It ain't pretty at all. <laughs> but anyway, we all, we walked on down, and the, and the ranger went to try to find the bear. I don't think he was really interested in trying to find it that much because he just clobbered it, you know. But, but anyway, he went off a different direction. But by the time we got down into the parking lot, a good distance away, our six friends were standing there by their car, and hollered up at us oh there you are are you okay (laughs) I don't remember speaking to them (laughs) we went and got in my car and just drove off the mountain and left them sitting there but as we drove away we noticed on the other end of the parking lot there was that same bear over there trying to mooch food from people and people were throwing throwing treats for it so uh, don't feed the bears please (laughs) That bear went on to be the famous Yogi Bear. <laughs> oh, boo boo. And now you know the rest of the story. <laughs> well, if you, like that, if you like that story, if you like that story, make sure you check out Beyond the Majestic and Guardian Buffalo because there's going to be a lot of stories um, that are, are in there that are just like that, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that and better. It's, uh, it's good stuff. So you can, I think you can... Um, Life in imitating yeah. fiction. <laughs> so when you get on Amazon, just Beyond the Majestic, Guardian Buffalo, Gary Street, they should pop up. Yeah, yeah, especially if you just do the titles and the search, uh, go to books, ebooks, whatever, just, just go to Amazon Books, and if you just type in and search the title, uh, it should go right to it. And... Uh, I hope that uh, I hope I've interested you in the books. I hope you uh, I hope you'll read them. I, I love. I mean, I wrote them to to be read, and uh, uh, I think I wouldn't say it unless I thought you would enjoy it. But I, I hope you will. Uh, they're fun. They're a little thought provoking. They're they're slices of life. Uh, maybe not slices of your life, but you know, they're yeah, life's in there. And uh, I think uh, I think you'll enjoy them. And if you do, I appreciate it. And I've also got on a, a Facebook uh, for each of them uh, under their title. Uh, if you read it, uh, give me your comments. Or, or, uh, or there's, I think, a place where you can order them that you can leave comments to. I'd love to know what you think about them. And uh, if you like them, I hope you'll continue reading me because I've not run out of ideas yet. Well, there we go. Well, thank you for joining us tonight and uh, mm-hmm. sharing about your 
books, and we look forward to the next one coming out, which will be out. Who knows? Oh, probably fall. this fall. This yeah. fall sometime. <laughs> and thank you, listeners, for joining us for a special episode of I Am Geek. Yeah, this is, a, this is a nice theater. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs>